Good morning. Good morning. And welcome on this rather chilly second Sunday of Lent. Um, this week we go full bore into our Lenten service. So we have a, our Lenten book in front of you. I do ask everyone to please return the books at the end of the service so we can get through the next five weeks with them. Uh, but one thing you'll note is we don't have a opening hymn this morning in keeping with sort of the austere tone of Lent. We have a silent procession into the Decalogue and then from there our regular service. Also a reminder to everyone, a reminder to myself as well, is that we're utilizing Rite 1, which is sort of the original um, prayers of the Episcopal Church, some of which dating back to 1542 with the first prayer book. Uh, so I ask people to beware because it looks very familiar because we're used to Rite 2, but the words changed all of a sudden out of the blue. So it's a reminder to us to read every word together and we'll take it slow. So what I'd like to do is invite everyone into a time of silence and then we'll begin our worship. Bless the Lord who forgiveth all our sins. His mercy endureth forever. Please kneel as you're able. God spake these words and said, I am the Lord thy God, who brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have none other gods but me. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not make to thyself any graven image, nor the likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or in the earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down to them, nor worship them. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Lord, have mercy upon us, Remember that thou keep the Sabbath day. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. Honor thy father and thy mother. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt do no murder. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not steal. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not covet. Lord, have mercy upon us, and write all these thy laws in our hearts, we beseech thee. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ saith. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. 
On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. We have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have not followed the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare thou those who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind. In Jesus, Jesus our Lord, and grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy name. Almighty and merciful Father, Almighty and merciful Lord, grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways, and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to the embrace, to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word. Jesus Christ, your Son, who with you in the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the reading. A reading from the book of Genesis. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will <coughs> make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. 
for I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and your offspring after you throughout their generations, for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. God said to Abram, As for Sarai your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abram. For he is the the father of all of us, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. 
in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations, according to what was said, so numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith, and he gave glory to God, being convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now the words it was reckoned to him were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand as you are able and join in singing hymn 675 found in our blue hymnals. Hymn 675.
rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Behind me, Satan. For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Now that I have your attention. <laughs> In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. You likely have a song lodged somewhere in here that goes, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, but so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, right arm left. So then it goes on, and we can. The rest are great for church camp. But it's true. You have a famous grandfather. So did you wake up this morning and look in the mirror as you were getting ready for church and see yourself as a spiritual ancestor of Abraham? Maybe. But if you're like me, your spiritual ancestral ties to Abraham don't often quite float to the surface of your Christian identity. So this morning I'd like to give the Hebrew Bible, our Old Testament, a little love and some, spend some time with Abraham to try to wrap our minds around all this talk of an inheritance. We read earlier that when Abram, not yet Abraham, was 99 years old, as good as dead, the epistle said. The epistle said, not me. When he was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him. Now time, in the Old Testament, time is a really interesting literary construct. Uh, people in the Old Testament lived to be like 8 million years old. 
Um, but for our purposes here, let's take time at face value. Abram is 99 this morning, but he'd been on a journey with God already for 24 years. We can do some Bible math here by flipping back to Genesis 12 when the Lord first appears to Abram. The Lord says, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And then goes on to say that Abram was 75 when the Lord first appeared to him. So 95, 99 minus 75, 24. And over the course of the next 24 years, a lot happens. First, the Lord seemingly randomly tells Abram to leave nearly everything and everyone he holds dear and to go to a distant promised land. So Abram obeys, and his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot, they go out. But then there's a famine, so they kind of detour to Egypt. But while they're in Egypt, Abram's wife Sarai has to pretend to be his sister because she's so good-looking, everyone wants to capture her and kill Abram. So, you know, despite the best efforts, that happens anyway. And so God sends a plague, and then they escape, and then they settle down for a little bit. And then, you know, Abram and Lot grow a huge livestock, but then it becomes like a Western movie, and there's like there's only room for one in this town, and so then Lot sets out. And then he gets captured by a militia, and then Abram has to grow his own militia, and then capture Lot back. And, you know, people say the Bible's boring. And <laughs> but then we come to arguably one of the most if not the most important events in the Old Testament. And this is a, an event that will set in motion the entire story of the people of Israel. And that's God's covenant with Abram. In effect, this event, this ritual promise, signals a kind of culture bound. It's, it's legalistic. It's a legalistic way that God promises to be faithful to God's people no matter what. Even when the people themselves don't hold up to their terms of the covenant, God's still going to show up. Through a Christian lens, we can argue that this event lays a critical piece of the framework of what we would call our salvation story. So it's kind of a big deal. And this is all Abram. He's been faithful. He's done a lot of things God's asked him to do. He's gone a lot of places God's asked him to go. And at 99 years old, you'd think the next thing the Lord is going to say to Abram would be something like, well done, good and faithful servant. And then maybe just let him rest on his laurels for a little while. But as we already know from today's reading, God is not done with Abram. In fact, it would seem God's just getting started. As if to signal, really, how monumental this next chapter of Abram and Sarai's journey is going to be in their faithful obedience to God, God gives Abram and Sarai a new name, a new identity. Because the whole of their identity as servants of God in one capacity for 24 whole years, that's all being shifted now for God's purposes, 
And maybe Abram is realizing, perhaps, that God's been playing a bit of a long game this whole time. The one who was once Abram, the father, the exalted father, is now Abraham, the father of many. And the Lord tells him, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations, an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. To be God. Actively, presently, faithfully, to be God to you and to everyone who comes after you. And it will start by me giving you a child in your old age just to prove that I'm serious about this. The promise of Isaac, this promised child, is really actually important to us in the story today. Because in considering what we inherit from Abraham, well, Abraham begets Isaac. Isaac begets Jacob. And the funny thing about Jacob is that Jacob doesn't stay Jacob. Jacob becomes Israel, who is the namesake of an entire nation of people. And of those people, we hear of this guy named David, who becomes a king, albeit a very complicated one. But of that line, that we can trace all the way to Jesus. This is the same Jesus today who has some sharp words for Peter. As Peter is hearing the plan of how God would work to deliver on this most ancient promise, he rebukes Jesus because he doesn't like the sound of this plan. Jesus' counter-rebuke actually comes across a bit differently, though, when we see it through the lens of Abraham's story. Almost as if Jesus is saying to Peter, look, you do your job, and let me do mine. Let God be your God. And in that, I wonder if maybe Peter's identity shifted a little bit that day. Once he saw the bigger picture, like Abraham and Sarah did. Even if they chuckled at it at first, which they did, they saw the long reach of God's purposes. And they saw what we now, when we choose to believe, are still invited to see day after day. They saw what we inherit. And that is the saving work of God throughout the history of time. A long-standing relationship with God. A plan. And an identity. But friends, we don't just inherit this long history of God saving grace simply to sit on it. Abraham and Sarah didn't journey and suffer and trust and wander just so we would inherit a story and not our own sense of responsibility to keep passing such a story on. We're charged to take up a place in that story, to be agents of God's saving work, as our spiritual forebearers did. Maybe like Abraham and Sarah, though, you chuckle a bit at the prospect of God using you in big ways. 
Maybe your identity of being a bit further on in your years seems unshiftable at this juncture. But is anything too wonderful for God? The good news is that part of this inheritance is a risk. And it's a risk that God might very well still have a new name for each one of you. Because God's purposes will shape our identity endlessly if we let them. The beauty of this inheritance is that it's accessible now, today. It's not locked in some cosmic trust fund on the other side of heaven. God is here to be our God, as God has been for so many people, as was promised through Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, but so are you. Amen. Please stand as you are able and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole state of Christ's church and the world. Almighty and ever-living God, who in thy holy word has taught us to make prayers and supplications and to give thanks for all men, receive these our prayers which we offer unto thy divine majesty, <clears throat> beseeching thee to inspire continually the universal church with the spirit of truth, unity, and concord, and grant that all those who do confess thy holy name may agree in the truth of thy holy word and live in unity and godly love. Give grace, O heavenly Father, to all bishops and other ministers, especially Michael, our presiding bishop, 
Nicholas, our bishop, and Craig, our rector, that they may, both by their life and doctrine, set forth thy true and lively word, and rightly and duly administer thy holy sacraments. And to all thy people, give thy heavenly grace, and especially to this congregation here present, that with meek heart and due reverence, they may hear and receive thy holy word, truly serving thee in holiness and righteousness all the days of their life. We beseech thee also so to rule the hearts of those who bear the authority of government in this and every land, especially Joseph, our president, and Daniel, our governor, that they may be led to wise decisions and right actions for the welfare and peace of the world. Open, O Lord, the eyes of all people to behold thy gracious hand in all thy works, that rejoicing in thy whole creation, they may honor thee with their substance and be faithful stewards of thy bounty. And we most humbly beseech thee of thy goodness, O Lord, to comfort and succor all those who in this transitory life are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity. In our parish cycle of prayer, we pray for David Spears, Susan and Jim Stone, and Father Craig Swan and Maureen Winters Swan. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we pray for St. David's on the Hill, Cranston. And we also bless thy holy name for all thy servants departed this life in thy faith and fear, beseeching thee to grant them continual growth in thy love and service, and to grant us grace so to follow the good examples of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Blessed Peter our patron, and of all thy saints, that with them we may be partakers of thy holy, of thy heavenly kingdom. Grant these our prayers, O Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, our only meditator and advocate. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Good morning, everybody. I am Ron Cowie, Senior Warden. And first off, Nancy, you have an announcement.
Thank you, Nancy. It's awesome. Okay. Uh, first off, thank you very much for everyone who showed up and helped out for the uh, community dinner last Thursday. Spaghetti and meatballs made by Janessa, which was insane. It was so good. Um, oh, God. And I got to tell you a fun, uh, it's not that funny, but it's a, it's a story. Um, so I was dropping off material for Janessa to, to cook the sauce and whatever. And we meet in the parking lot of the Newport Stop and Shop or whatever, and, you know, and it's all clandestine. She opens up her trunk, and what do I see but, like, cases of Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> and I'm like, it, you know, like, I can't hear anything she's saying because I'm, like, back in my dorm room, you know, listening to the Grateful Dead. And she comes back, have you made your order yet? Is it, uh, no. Uh, so if you want Girl Scout cookies and if you have a problem, um, Janessa's got the medicine. Uh, okay, with that in mind, also, uh, Blooming for Good is this final week in February, uh, Stop and Shop near Gansett. If you buy flowers there with the Blooming for Good bouquet, uh, I think it says here a dollar goes to, yeah, a dollar goes to the community market, which is nice. I mean, you can also just give 12 bucks to the community market and no one gets hurt. Uh, but whatever, if you like flowers and you want to do good, do that. Okay. All, and following up uh, on March 2nd, uh, the Stone Soup thing at the Maury Lutgens Memorial Library. And I guess that's a soup party in a library. But it, uh, if you bring like canned goods or baked goods, I don't stuff that can be given to, I don't. The event also kicks off the Friends of Annual Food Drive to benefit the community market at St. Peter's by the Sea. Please bring a non-perishable item to the lunch or drop any donations. Um, so that's a nice thing. Um, and finally, the blood drive, the March 15th at the Narragansett Community Center between 1 and 7 p.m. Uh, is in honor of Leo Carroll and in memory of Rob Manes? Okay. Uh, and I, I didn't do, donate blood until not that long ago. And now they, once they, once you show up, they got you. Like our stewardship committee could learn a thing from Rhode Island Blood Center because every eight weeks it's like, hello. Um, and I'm happy. And by the way, and those two, these three things or whatever, the community, this eating soup in a library and giving your blood and buying flowers. Like, if you're looking for ways to kind of represent in the community being a member of St. Peter's by the Sea, that's a real simple way to do it. You know, that's, that's kind of, a, you know, you might not be, not be your idea of a good time, but it actually is, um, it's a way that we can just kind of practice our faith out there. And that's, I don't, th I think that's it. Do I have anything else? I said everything. Girl Scout cookies. Okay. All right. That's it. <laughs> I just have two additional announce, or actually three, sorry, I can't count. Uh, first, welcome to May and Sam as new acolytes this morning. We thank you for joining. And now we have a full complement of Team Clarity. So welcome. <laughs> Give them a round of applause. Also, our communion bread this morning is in thanks from uh, Angel Hilliard, who baked it this week. She did it for the first time. She said it took three tries, but she finally got it. If anyone else would like to 
take a stab at baking communion bread through this season of Lent, please let me know. I'll be glad to share the recipe with you. Don't worry if it doesn't come out perfect. Neither did mine last week, but it still tastes good. So uh, that's my second one. And oh yes, and finally, um, thank you to everyone who put together together yesterday's event with Carol Ann Costa from the uh, Attorney General's office. We had a wonderful two-hour conversation with her around um, avoiding scams, phones, internet, etc., as well as how the AG's office works in terms of working with um, contractors who have perhaps not performed up to expectation. There is lots of information from that event outside the parish hall on that counter. All of her information is there. Please help yourself to that information. We'll be keeping that around the church for a while, and she may be coming back again soon. So thank you to everyone who baked for that, who hosted it, and uh, made it a wonderful event. I still have one more reminder. Our server schedule is getting rather thin, especially for the service, so please take a moment either online or in the back of the church to sign up to read, to be a lay Eucharistic minister, or to help out with ushering or coffee hour. Sign-ups are available in the back of the church and online through the ENET. On that note, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God.
Lord be with you. And with thy spirit, lift up your hearts. Give thanks unto our Lord God. It is meet and right so to do. It is very meet, right, and abound and duty that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee. O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, Everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who was in every way tempted as we are yet did not sin, by whose grace we are able to triumph over every evil, and to live no longer unto ourselves, but unto him who died for us and rose again. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying. glory be to thee, almighty God, our heavenly Father, for that thou of thy tender mercy didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made there, by his one oblation of himself once offered, a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation, and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world, and did institute, and in his holy gospel command us to continue a perpetual memory of that his precious death and sacrifice until his coming again. For in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, 
he break it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as oft as ye shall drink it in remembrance of me. Wherefore, O Lord and Heavenly Father, according to the institution of thy dearly beloved Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, we, thy humble servants, do celebrate and make here before thy divine majesty with these thy holy gifts, which we now offer unto thee, the memorial thy Son hath commanded us to make, having in remembrance his blessed passion and precious death, his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension, rendering unto thee most hearty thanks for the innumerable benefits procured unto us by the same. And we most humbly beseech thee, O merciful Father, to hear us, and of thy almighty goodness vouchsafe to bless and sanctify with thy word and Holy Spirit these thy gifts and creatures of bread and wine, that we, receiving them according to thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ's holy institution, in remembrance of his death and passion, may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood. And we earnestly desire thy fatherly goodness, mercifully to accept this our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, most humbly beseeching thee to grant that, by the merits and death of thy Son, Jesus Christ, and through faith in his blood, we and all thy whole church may obtain remission of our sins and all other benefits of his passion. And here we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls, and bodies, humbly beseeching thee that we and all others who shall be partakers of this holy communion may worthily receive the most precious body and blood of thy Son, Jesus Christ. Be filled with thy grace and heavenly benediction and made one body with him, that he may dwell in us and we in him. And although we are unworthy through our manifold sins to offer unto thee any sacrifice, yet we beseech thee, to accept this our bounden duty and service, not weighing our merits, but pardoning our offenses through Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom and with whom, in the unity of the Holy Ghost, all honor and glory be unto thee, O Father Almighty, world without end. As our Savior Christ hath taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. join together. We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord, whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we most heartily thank thee for that thou dost feed us in these holy mysteries with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and dost assure us thereby of thy favor and goodness towards us, and that we are very thy Son, the blessed company of all faithful people, and are also heirs through hope of thy everlasting kingdom. And we humbly beseech thee, O Heavenly Father, so to assist us with thy grace, that we may continue in that holy fellowship and do all such good works as thou hast prepared for us to walk in. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Bow down before the Lord. Keep this your family, Lord, with your never-failing mercy, that relying solely on the help of your heavenly grace, they may be upheld by your divine protection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please stand as you're able and join in singing hymn 637, found in the blue hymnal.
Also, all are invited for coffee and uh, desserts. Thank to Nancy Brady Dawson Brady and Maria Clements in the parish hall or guild hall just outside the door to the left.